Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are just as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They're milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Betches Media presents Not Another True Crime Podcast. It's all fun and games until someone gets hurt. Welcome back to another episode of Not Another True Crime Podcast. I'm Sarah Levine. And I'm Danny Murphy. We're your partners in crime, wine, but also now a time warp. We're going back in time-ish. <laughs> I was going to say denim cutoffs, maybe? like. Oh, oh yes. The, the If your skin feels like you just ate an Auntie Anne's pretzel, it's because we're in the uh, mall for this episode. <laughs> oh my God, obsessed. It's a loosely true crime. Like it's, there are crimes. They're not really the ones that you'd think, but I, mm-hmm. I love a good rise and fall type profile. So I'm, I'm into oh, this. I am obsessed with any documentary that makes me like go back in time and get mad about companies that I tried to give my money to, but uh, would always just give me a migraine and I couldn't fit into their clothes. So it really... Literally same. Literally (laughs) same. I mean, if you guys can't tell, we're talking about the Abercrombie and Fitch documentary. It's on Netflix called White Hot, The Rise and Fall of Abercrombie and Fitch. Mm -hmm. I mean, first things first. Yeah, I could never fit into their clothing. Oh, like I was a chubby kid. But even if I wasn't, the larges were like meant for toddlers. There was no clothing anywhere and then i couldn't even well also you walk in i couldn't even see the clothes because it's like pitch black everywhere oh my god that's how they get you it's how they get you but i also feel like i was not only did i not buy the clothes because i couldn't button any of them but also it was because like the second i walk in because i'm so i don't even know if it's because i'm sensitive to smell or if it's just because it's like so fucking strong there the (laughs) cologne that they would spray everywhere i had to i would get like it's where what i learned what a migraine was because i was like what is going on in my head that I, I cannot, I need to leave. Oh my God. Also, like, I mean, my mom would never, like, buy that stuff. Like, oh. she... Is Holl- Hollister's the same company, kind of. It is, yes. right? Yes, it is. I remember Hollister taught me what, like, Redondo Beach was because they would always have, like... they Well, they would say it was live cameras of the beach. Now, in hindsight, it probably was not. Um, but I remember being like, oh my God, it's sunny there right now. That's fun. And also they were like the big on the buttoned uh, flies for men's jeans. And I guess oh, I'll just all their jeans. That's so much work. I do have some so buttons. I have like some jeans instead of a zipper. It has like five buttons. Looks cute. But wow, going to the bathroom is a pain. Who has the time? And there's always one button that does not get buttoned. True. Yeah. It's just, it's it's supposed to get dolls. You loosen up the buttons and then you're just fucked. But yeah. I know this docu- this documentary, I feel everybody is talking about it because I mean, well, for the most part, everybody knew Abercrombie or knows it. That's the it. thing. Parts of this documentary are very funny because it's almost like millennial splaining yeah. a very popular <laughs> clothing brand and also the concept of malls. Um, here's a direct <laughs> quote that I transcribed. This guy in the documentary calls malls an online catalog that's an actual place. Like, did Which you I'm just like, mansplain the concept of malls? Like, Gen Z, I have a little bit more faith than you guys in that. Like, malls still exist somewhere. I do, too, because, like, they see that. Because at least their parents make them go to malls, I'm sure. Right? Maybe they don't want to go themselves, which shocks me because going to the mall is one of the last few joys you can have on this planet. It's going to be I a mean, sad yeah. day when they all shut down. What are ki- where are kids hanging out these days, if not in the mall? On TikTok? Wait. Wow, I just aged myself 65 years without comments. <laughs> All I ever want to do, like, if you could tell me you can never go on TikTok again, but you can always go to a mall to go to Panera and then Zara, I'd be like, that's my, that's my happy place. I'm fine That's with my that. for you page. That's, that's my, my page. <laughs> yeah. My for you page is just the mall food court. Yeah. I know. I was laughing in general because I was like, when I was watching this documentary, I was like, oh, this, when are they going to do one on like American apparel? And oh my God. That's the other, real like, crime. Yeah. Where the fuck? That's, oh my God. Maybe that's my master's project. You honestly rise and fall of American Apparel, and then they made a whole big deal about shutting down, and then they did this blowout sale where their stuff was like actually kind of affordable, and then six months later they were back because mm, it made so much money from the blowout sale. <laughs> right, I'm gonna pitch this, but before we get into that, 
apologies in advance for the shill, but guys, we're doing a live show. June 5th, Union Hall in Brooklyn. We're going to keep doing this until the tickets sell out. So just buy them. So we stop doing this every episode. Please. It it would make all of our lives easier and more enjoyable. So, I mean, that's a win-win. Yeah. I mean, it was such a fun time last time. It was two years ago. So, you know, we're back. We have to do it big. Lots of Pinot Grigio for everyone. Oh, yes. And a Union Hall moment is just always the best moment. So fun. So fun. So please join us. It's going to be great. You can buy your tickets. Betches.co slash NATC live. Betches.co slash NATC live. Grab your tickets. Come see us. Come hang out. My dad will probably be there again. Um, If you know, you know. (laughs) He was at the last show and and of course made a splash because that's who he is. He's an icon, of yeah. course. <laughs> so speaking of dads, um, th- because my dad would definitely never, my dad would was scandalized by Abercrombie for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and one thing they never, they didn't talk about in the documentary was not just like the catalog shirtless models, but like the guys standing outside the physical store who were shirtless. The I was IRL. like, how did you miss that part? Because it, it was like fucking Chippendales in the Facts. food court. Like Chip, yeah, like, literally Chippendales for kids. Tricks <laughs> <laughs> for kids. Just stands each like. And just like smiling and it like with the puka shell necklace and the the whitewashed denim shorts and no shirt. And I'm like, I forgot. I'm like, oh, we're in a mall. They were everywhere. And also they would have to. Sorry, this is a mall. Even. Why do I even remember, like, in 2013, 2014, like, the Abercrombie's stores in the city had them standing outside the city? Yeah. And I'm like, that's, that's just so much. I know, like, in the Roosevelt Field Mall, like, you would just have them standing outside. But it's definitely oh. a lot more intense when you're just in the middle of Fifth Avenue. <laughs> oh, God. Because I'm like, what is... Because literally, you're like you said, it's like, I'm like, oh, are you Naked Cowboy? Nope. You are just Derek. Derek, just Derek from Wisconsin, like Derek from Wisconsin, uh, trying to be a model. Yes, but so bear with us while we millennial explain Abercrombie (laughs) to you all. Um, And this is obviously coming from the documentary, but also there was a good Business Insider article that came out 2013 or so. That was like when Abercrombie was starting its decline, but hadn't fully like hit rock bottom. Um, So it actually started out as an elite outdoorsman brand in 1892. Founded by David T. Abercrombie. And then in 1904, a guy by the name of Ezra Fitch came on brand. So we get Abercrombie and Fitch. Mm -hmm. There we go. Yeah. (laughs) And it was actually a pretty big deal. It was the biggest sporting goods store in the country by the time the Great Depression hit. And like they said in the documentary that I think like Hemingway bought from there, like Teddy Roosevelt or something like that. So it was a pretty big deal. But in 1977, the company declared bankruptcy. They had a rough time in the 60s. So that's what happened. And then Les Wexner, we're going to come back to him. But I think if you guys listen to this podcast, you're already like, wait a second, isn't he? And the answer is yes. 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 Everything you're wondering, yes. (laughs) But so he owned the limited company, which was like limited to the limited, like all that shit. Victoria's Secret. And he bought Abercrombie and Fitch in 1988 and then brought in Mike Jeffries to be the CEO. And he was working at a failed women's apparel brand. And he came on in 1992, which like talk about failing upward. Like, good uh, job. Truly. Also talk about like, did how did no one talk about back in the day how like everything's owned by one company? <laughs> or it's like, oh, yeah, this also, is just there's one guy with 500 brands. Yeah. Like, I feel like also like later on, I have some tea because... Um, they spent a lot of the documentary like talking about the campus and I've been there so I have some tea I feel like you've been there too right I have yes I've I've done some interviews with yeah they were gonna have me be a model no (laughs) right no um, no I think we both interviewed there like years Mm -hmm. ago Um, so we have some tea later on so stick of Ohio for that yes Columbus Q City so, but anyway, 1996 cute. Abercrombie IPO'd, so they were like Ooh. not part of the limited company anymore. And oh, sorry, you froze out. Yeah, it was it was a big deal. I mean, the aesthetic was somewhere between like a Ralph Lauren and a Calvin Klein, like kind of preppy, kind of sexy, marketed towards a younger demographic. And the goal from pretty much the get go was to be a cool and elitist brand. They said they marketed to the cool kids. And they had this quarterly magazine called ANF Quarterly, which was just like shirtless, naked models. Oh, dude, that was the thing. That was my favorite. And they talked about it in the doc. They're like, yeah, there was a, they, they, all their marketing for their clothes did not involve clothes, but it was right, like had no the clothes. marketing plan. 
Right. I mean, hey, like sex sells, I guess. Yeah. But so the guy who shot these uh, quarterlies was a photographer, Bruce Weber, and he kind of helmed the aesthetic of the brand. And there was this kind of like homoerotic undercurrent that was present throughout like the marketing, but it just kind of went over straight people's heads, which is pretty I funny. I thought it went over everybody's head. I didn't even think of that back I in the day. So like, I was like, these are football players. Right. You never think about how, like, when people say sex sells, I feel like they're mostly talking about women. Like, it's not so common to use, like, naked or barely clothed men to sell things. That's but true. they did. And it, like, worked. Because usually, I feel like you're marketing... I don't know. I guess like you're marketing to straight men when you like do photo shoots with models and stuff. You know what I mean? A lot of it. Yeah, I guess they did because it was like the they said, I think they drink every time. If you haven't watched the documentary, they say all American, I guess, because it was like the all American like football guy that they were like, right. oh, I see me. Who the fuck knows? Right. I feel like it, it. it's like a bit of a almost twist because like obviously Victoria's Secret is you know women that's also I forgot like walking in a mall. I'm like, oh, my God, everyone is just almost naked. And every right. That's true. And That's then you'd true. go to Orange Julius and be like, what's going on in my body? <laughs> oh, my God. Then go to Cinnabon. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So then um, they launched Hollister, which was sort of like the California surfer sub brand in 2000. Yeah, I was more I more liked walking around the vibe of Hollister than ever. I liked Hollister. They had the hut outside, you know, like it looked. Yes. You know, the storefront looked like a tiki hut thing. It was cool. Yeah. And um, Hollister's demo was also a bit younger, like 14 to 18. It was a little bit cheaper. And it was kind of meant to be Abercrombie and Fitch's response to oh. brands like Aeropostel, Wet Seal, R.I.P. You had a good run. Oh, good real times. <laughs> they did. Well, also R.I.P. They didn't bring this up in the documentary. Abercrombie tried to launch another brand off them that like only lasted five years. And I don't know if you remember it or anybody else. Rule? yes. I own yes. one hoodie from Rule that I wore like everywhere. Ev- I had a hoodie because it was like, be- it was supposed, to- it was like their New York brand. Like yes. they were like Greenwich Village. And I was like, yeah. I don't know where that is, but yeah. And it, yeah. <laughs> Same. I was like, whatever. But this is actually, I think I got it on some like crazy sale. That must have been when they were closing. And I was like, oh, this is actually a normal price now for this hoodie. So I thought I yes. was fancy. I wore it fucking everywhere. That was like the only piece oh, of Abercrombie I anything I owned. So, so, so cool on them. Yeah. And their marketing back then was so scandalous that in 2003, the National Coalition for the Protection of Children and Families, which like, I mean, take with a grain of salt because it's like a Christian organization. Um, so whatever. But they launched a protest of Abercrombie and Fitch's Christmas Field Guide. I do like feel like I vividly remember like the Christmas ads of them and like, it's just like the guys in like the Christmas pajamas, like in tinsel with 98 abs. So, I mean, I guess that's the thing. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. What I love about Shopify is basically how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. I know we use Shopify here at Betches, and honestly, anyone with any kind of business could really benefit from Shopify. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash betches, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash betches now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash betches. But what the doc focuses on a lot, well, they have a lot of, uh, 
layers of it, but what a lot of the people that come forward in the documentary to talk about is the recruitment process of it and mainly how the recruitment process was extremely racist in Super racist. so many ways. So they basically, what they did and like they, they pivoted to it down the line, they would call their like front store people models. And I don't know if you know, like I knew people that like worked at it and like they were like, I'm a model and I want, and even, even at my young age of then, I was like, no, you're not. Yeah. You're a, you're, you're not a model for how, but they were like, no, that's what it says. So besides I know. Right. The other thing is like, I feel like it's interesting how much of a, a supposed bombshell this was when it all got revealed. Because like, I think, I don't know, just growing up, I feel like that was not even an open secret. Like it was just openly known I know. that they put the hottest people towards the front of the store. Like, I don't even remember this ever being something we didn't know. I guess not like knowing it as like a, on a, in like a whisper sense, but not in like a literal, like them confirming it sense. Right. And like, <laughs> this like, is our oh, company yeah, materials. I guess yeah, it's not it's on the onboarding process. Seriously. Yeah. So yeah, they would take these like hot jocks from schools and turn them into Abercrombie models. And they would also get hot guys from nearby fraternities to be Abercrombie and Fitch ambassadors. My day and age, they just had Red Bull ambassadors going around campuses, but uh, at this time they had Abercrombie <laughs> and Fitch ambassadors. What did we have? Oh my gosh. I don't even know. Oh, we had Coors Light ambassadors too. Coors Light. We had this like Atlanta. It was kind of like probably before cold brew was a thing because it was... I think it was like a coffee cocktail, like something fucking crazy. Oh, oh my God. Ooh. I have to ask my friend. I have a memory that's unlocked, but we had those ambassadors. Oh, okay. That sounds actually kind of cool. Yeah. Um, so exactly. So store employees were encouraged to recruit good looking people. And they also like put laid out into terms what they deemed to be quote unquote attractive. And with that, so they said, quote, like, nearly, uh, like, neatly combed, attractive natural hairstyles, case in point, dreads were not allowed for men or women. And they kind of just, they they had a lot of photo evidence of, like, the, they wanted, like, the white, blonde, blue-eyed, preppy, all-American type of kids to represent them. Uh, also, on top of that, gold chains weren't allowed for men. And also, women were allowed a delicate silver necklace and everything like that. So, essentially, they kind of, like, danced around having advanced This is just, yeah, codified racism. racism. For sure. Like, yeah. they even were like, this hairstyle is allowed. Like, this guy with dreads is not allowed. Like, they were both equally good-looking people. But, like, one was a white guy and one was a black guy with dreads. So Exactly. So, and this was also in, like, their company policy of how right. they were. Right. Like, in the materials that they're sending out to people, which is just, that's, I guess, the sort of mind-blowing part is the fact that it was really codified. Yeah, and I don't know if you. I remember these shirts existing. I don't remember the backlash back then because I, I guess I, you know, it's See, I, I definitely remember I like the vibe of these shirts. I feel like yes. I was not. Well, first of all, I was not shopping there, but I probably wasn't. So I wasn't really looking at them like closely. Yeah. Also, I mean, like shout out to my hometown. Not all the kids were wearing Abercrombie. We weren't. We weren't, we weren't rolling yeah, in the. Yeah, I don't think bait, that yeah. was super popular at my school. It was really just the logo shirt, yeah. like the Abercrombie. Exactly. Everyone would only have the A and F shirt. Yes. Yeah. So exactly. They had these like pretty racist graphic tees that were just designed by their in-house designers. That was the craziest thing. It was so insane. And also it was such a money grab for them because they were like, they could upcharge a graphic tee so much because it's just a fucking like plain t-shirt that they stamp something on. So they were able to make a lot of money from it and they'd have so many racist slogans and images well, and stuff like that. They, these people, like the graphic designers are just like coming up with it themselves. Like, well, that's the thing. There was no, there, there was no touch base of like, Oh, what is this thing? They were just jumping off of anything and just running with that. Right. So they, they went in the vein of, they were like, Oh, we're being just like silly, but it wasn't silly. It was exclusively racist. You guys can look up the shirts if you want to watch the documentary. They go into it there. And in 2002, they like made they they were pre-viral viral because everyone was talking about this. Yeah. I know. What do you call viral? Like I guess it just made the news. Like it was it really got a lot of attention for bad attention. It was a headline, yeah. So one uh shirt uh that was particularly race, uh, racist to the Asian community uh made a lot of headlines and it featured just caricatures of uh and making just like making fun of the community and the culture so much. And like, just kind of going into it. So they started to get pushback from it. So that was mm -hmm. what they kind of were starting to pe company or news outlets were starting to be like, oh, wait, this people are responding negatively 
to Abercrombie and it is not okay. And Asian American student groups organized protests and Abercrombie and Fitch ended up apologizing and pulling the t-shirts. Did they learn any lessons from that, Sarah? No, No, because they had so many other bad shirts too. Like it wasn't just that one. It was like the. It seemed to be oh, like no, the no. whole line of those shirts. It is just so so stupid, and they just kind of leaned. They literally it was like they just had like a printer just to throw off hundreds and thousands. And I know, like even at the time, it's like graphic tees. I guess were very popular, but not oh, racist so popular. Ones. That, that's I know. not the angle you should go. Yeah, and again, also it's so stupid for them because like everybody I knew just wanted to have. I know this <laughs> sounds mall stupid, but I feel like people bought an Abercrombie and Fitch shirt in the way that people buy like a Gucci bag, you want to see the logo. <laughs> For sure. Maybe I'm just very tacky, but people would buy it for the A&F part of it, yeah. No, I feel like you're right. Also, when I mean, graphic tees were huge back then, but my graphic tees were saying, like, I'm with the band, or, like, stupid shit from Delia's. Oh. Not or like, like Raw means I love you and dinosaur. Exactly. <laughs> shout out to my shout out to my hot topic crew. Oh my god. That's where I was facts. shopping. Cause they had Excel. <gasps> yes, I love it. <laughs> yes. And so um that was not the start of uh their racism. So Mm-mm. by 2003, Abercrombie's social stock kind of starts to fall. Competitors like American Eagle are sprouting up and and taking you know some of the market share. They also start mm-hmm. blatantly firing people based on race. And that is not legal, mm-hmm. you guys. No, no. Not legal at all. Abercrombie managers apparently had to rate their employees on a scale from cool to rocks. <laughs> I'm like, what? I had to say, okay, whoever their HR is that was able to turn, make it the most neutral yeah. <laughs> terminology for that, I was like, okay, pat your fucking self. Uh, like on the back, like I, I was like, is that really what you're doing here? Okay, I know. And anybody who rated low on the scale was basically just given no shifts. They didn't even really formally fire people. They would just stop putting them on the schedule. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and a lot of these people were people of color and like BIPOC people. So, not eventually in 2003, nine plaintiffs ended up suing Abercrombie and Fitch. Three of them were in the documentary, basically because. They got fired because of their race. And some of them were even told as such, like told Mm -hmm. that. So in 2005, Abercrombie settled almost $50 million, but admitted no guilt. And they also agreed to change their recruiting, marketing and hiring practices. And they had to hire a chief diversity officer. But the thing with this was like, there was not really any accountability with this outcome. They had these benchmarks. They had to meet with someone to like make sure they were hitting these mm-hmm. benchmarks that were set. But if they weren't met, there were not really any consequences. And they and they would do a lot of like um, sneak routes. Like they would like start to hire a lot of diversity at like the bottom of the employee scale, right. but like nothing changed at the top where all the decisions came down from. Exactly, exactly. So... You know, whether or not they actually increase diversity, I suppose it depends who you ask, but definitely not at the top. And this about the whole the whole settling really gave me Prince Andrew vibes where he settled with all of his accusers and admitted no guilt and just remained gets to remain <laughs> rich and fine. I mean, I'm glad you brought that up because speaking of Prince Andrew, the thing about Les Wexner, which I guess we just should have brought up at the top, but like He's a close friend of Jeffrey Epstein's, or was, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's a big deal. And he, like, alle- allegedly, I don't know if I have to say allegedly, but fine, we'll say allegedly, like, would facilitate meetings with, like, models and Epstein and, like, friends. So, like, close, close friend. Not like, oh, they have a picture together on Getty Images. Like, no, like, close associate. Real ones. Right. So, then it gets worse because in 2006, Mike Jeffries admits to a reporter that Abercrombie is an inclusionary brand. So crazy. So he says this in this interview that ends up running in Salon. It was initially commissioned for New York Magazine, but whatever. He says this, quote, candidly, we go after the cool kids. We go after the attractive all-American kid with a great attitude and a lot of friends. A lot of people don't belong with the subtext being belong in our clothes and they can't belong. Are we exclusionary? Absolutely. Those companies that are in trouble are trying to target everybody, young, old, fat, skinny, but then you become totally vanilla. You don't alienate anybody, but you don't excite anybody either. Ooh, Pretty okay. 
the only good thing of that is that it's in print and like oh, yeah. front and center that this is their beliefs. Like you, you can't dance around it anymore. Even in that, um, the journalist was saying like he got a tour on the campus of like the fake mall being like, and he would like nitpick all the uh, mannequins and stuff like that to make them look better and everything like that. So he truly went off the rail, but also just showed all of his true colors. Yeah. Uh, in this interview. Yeah. But this, what's weird about this is that this article, when it came out in Salon, it didn't get too much attention. The sales were doing well, so investors didn't really give a shit either. And this just kind of, nothing happened from this for a number of years. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. August 2008, things started to change. Abercrombie wasn't doing so hot. An analyst, Kimberly Greenberger, kind of came after their pricing and she called it lack of innovation. Because the thing with Abercrombie was they never did sales. They never like discounted stuff. They like didn't do sales. Like Jeffrey's like was against it. Because that was, they would go against being like the exclusion brand of like, just for like the rich white hot people. Right. But then I have to think like, that's so much money that you're eating. Do you know how much stuff I randomly buy just because it's on sale? Like, it's the smartest yeah. tactic from every business. And also just like inventory that you can't move. Where is it going? Like TJ Maxx, I That's guess. I don't know. A shout out. I mean, yes. Yeah. But so stocks fell as a result. Also 2008, there was that whole recession, you know, mm-hmm. I think you guys know. But even still, Jeffrey has refused to discount any of the product which caused the stock to fall even more. And in 2009, Time Magazine did a story called Abercrombie & Fitch, Worst Recession Brand? Question mark. And basically the problems with Abercrombie were they never did discounts or even, they didn't even do promotions like, oh, if you buy like a shirt, we'll give you a free thing or whatever. Like they and wouldn't no even do that. No BOGO. Like they, they wouldn't even do that. They don't understand the power of the BOGO. Right. It was like Anyone graphic who shops at DSW... Oh my God, spend $2, get like a free tote bag, get everything. (laughs) But they, so they never did that. They also had 10 straight months of double digit sales declines. They also missed some of the spring trends, which was just kind of a blunder. And on top of that, competitor sales were going up while their sales were declining. And no one was blinking eyes. Right. And in in 2011, they kind of made fuck up after fuck up. So first, Abercrombie Kids tried to sell padded bikini tops. Oh, Lord. Yeah, which went over as well as you could expect. And then also, this is pretty funny. They tried to basically like distance themselves from their most famous customer, the situation. And I don't even want to like have to millennial explain Jersey Shore to you guys. Oh, C- cannot cannot go Can't. down that that route. That'd be a whole different episode. Not no crime related. Just to tell you, teach you kids something. Truly, that's a whole new podcast. <laughs> um, but basically, they tried to like kind of campaign against him, even though they previously sold shirts that said the situation. <laughs> so I remember that shirt and was like, I that was one of the that's one of the only things I remember from Abercrombie Fitch. That shirt existing. I love it. Yeah, it's like don't don't look to don't look a gift horse in the mouth. Like I don't know. Yeah. But here's what's crazy, too, because still at this time, Jeffries was paying himself $46 million a year. And I think he was taking their private jet so much that they had to pay him not to take it. Like, (laughs) Oh, and that was that weird thing, all the breakdown rules of what you can say on the private jet. And if he was Mm -hmm. eating cold food, no one in the crew could eat hot food. And like, oh, my God. So weird. So then in 2013, he was deemed the worst CEO of 2013 by Bloomberg's Heb Greenberg. And then 2013 was a bad year for Mike Jeffries because an activist found that old salon interview with him, the one where he's like, yeah, we, we, are, we are an exclusionary brand. And this time, his comments really caught fire. Because it's funny, because back in 2006, I, they were like, oh, yeah, nobody would be like, oh, that's bad. Everyone's just nodding like, 
hi. And now in 2013, the eye's like, that's not okay to say. Yeah. Or to believe or have as your company policy. For sure. And and so there was a change.org petition started that demanded Abercrombie and Fitch apologize and start creating plus sizes. And there was like this huge campaign to oust Mike Jeffries. He still stayed crazy. Mm-hmm. This guy's like Teflon for a minute there. And then in 2015, it got like, and, and by this time, I'm like, who is running your PR? Because literally in 2015, they got sued for discriminating against a Muslim woman, Samantha Eloff, who applied for a job at one of the stores and they turned her down because she wore um, a hijab, a headscarf to her interview and like also told her that that was why. Mm-hmm. And because she had a friend who was interviewing or a friend who was working at the company, job. right? Who was like, oh, I can talk. Yeah. And like was getting feedback and everything like that. Exactly. So that is, again, illegal. And mm-hmm. so she sued like it went. So basically Abercrombie tried to appeal her lawsuit, tried to compare the hijab to a baseball cap, didn't go over well. And yeah. it got it ended up going all the way to the Supreme Court. Which is nuts. Especially for a business that makes so much it's like, why are you doing this to yourself? I know. Like, like settle. even from the even from their lawyer standpoint, I don't know how they thought to go to this far. They really thought they were gonna win, but they lost. Mm-hmm. So that's a really bad, really bad hit for the brand. Mm-hmm. And she's like, because she's fun on Instagram. I checked her out after and she's like still like fashion blogging, everything like that. So give her a follow. Oh my gosh, yes. like love that for her. And yeah, so I mean, just wow, wow. Just <laughs> I don't even know what to say. Just fuck up after fuck up. Finally, Jeffrey stepped down as CEO in December of 2015. But like, talk but, like, about a fall from grace. The fall from grace. And then what's after grace and what's after grace? Because that's what he had no grace. He just he, he grace and Frankie. I don't even know. Like, he, yeah, <laughs> it was so good. rough. I can't believe like they got to the Supreme Court. Like, oh, my God. I know. And then. Of course, on the flip side of uh, the racism that they, uh, Abercrombie, promoted and stood behind and had as their, like, company blueprint. Right. There it's also like, but were, wait, there's more. But it's there's more. Because what else does a company have? Oh, yeah. Some sexual misconduct allegations. Mm-hmm. So in 2012, model Ben Bowers filed a $1 million sexual harassment lawsuit claiming that agent Brian Hilberm forced him to masturbate for an Abercrombie Fitch photo shoot, which is so uncomfortable for him to have to do and so cruel. Yeah, like apparently he told him to relax and then the other guy like got naked as well. Like I just not, uh uh-uh. None of this should be happening at a company photo shoot or probably any photo shoot. Any photo shoot. And yeah, Yeah. Uh, that wasn't all. Because then Bruce Weber, who they talked about a lot in the documentary, was like photographer star, made all the, was really kind of, instrumental in having like the homoerotic undertones of it and talked about this book they said everybody has and um he said that he would allegedly touch the models inappropriately like he would do kind of like um he would be like breathing relaxation techniques so he would put his hand on their hand and be like stop me when you get unco-. like a lot of weird tactics yeah, under like, the oh move it lower and it's like nope yeah nope. under the guise of like photo Tech, like perfect, you know what I mean? Like you, under his professional guys. Yeah. And then what he would also do is he would allegedly try to invite them over for dinner and dinner, and then the guy wouldn't be seen the next day and everything like that. Yeah, that's what one of the models in the documentary claimed. Yeah, and then that was the model who didn't accept his dinner invitation, and then two minutes later was like, "Oh, you're actually no longer on the shoot. Uh, pack your bags and go home." So very immediately, which is yeah, very wild. sexual manipulation. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, very, very insane. So Jeffries also may have been a part of this. He would interview male models with Bruce. But, but also there this were not the like early... complaints against him, to be there fair. Weren't, yeah, there weren't complaints against him, but people were just like, he was never, it was kind of an open secret, uh, his sexuality, uh, because he was married with a child then, but then separated and he would interview male models and everything like that. Uh, he also, I mean, this is on the side, but he did bring in his partner to the company. They didn't photograph him or anything like that. But yeah. that's always just... Never, you know, people, that's what people, people throw their, I guess, their partners into failing companies with them. Uh, a side note is that in the early 2000s also, or like later on, he would also keep on getting some botched ass plastic surgery. Oh my gosh. Sad to see. Oh, uh, cause also, and like, I'm like, you make 40, you make mil, 42 million or whatever dollars a year 
and that's all you can afford. I guess plastic surgery wasn't that caught up then, but people were saying he was just desperately trying to cling to the youth that he was promoting. Sad. Sad. And oh god, it was it was an it was an intense uh, look. He so while, while Jeffries wasn't sued by any of the models, Bruce was sued by a bunch of them for sexual misconduct and abuse in 2018. He's denied every 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 single allegation. Says it's part of. He says he does breathing techniques, and that's it. Da, 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 da. One of the lawsuits against him was dismissed in 2020, but in 2021 he settled two sexual assault lawsuits. But again, no admission of guilt. That is the theme of Abercrombie. Just I was gonna say these guys love no admission they of love guilt. Not to admit any 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 guilt, and just kind of as a universal what's what's going on now. Jeffries lives a quiet life with his partner, Matthew Smith, and their three dogs in Ohio. Uh, and in 2016, he put his Manhattan home for sale for 20 fucking million dollars. So he's probably doing fine financially. He's, and I mean, I'm, I'm assuming he was in charge of his payout of when he left Abercrombie. So I'm sure he got a nice cut from that. <sighs> and Abercrombie did release a statement. I know when the documentary came out being like, it's good to see where you came from to learn how to grow and everything like that. And they have since rebranded itself to be more inclusive and now does plus sizes and sales. And they try to be a little more universally uh, appealing to like mental health and happiness than just uh, what they used to be. So I guess yeah. people, I, people I know do love their stuff now. So I guess maybe they've changed all for the better. Um, it's, it's cute. It is cute. I have a coat from there. Their coats say. and jeans, I feel, are what they do best. Yeah. The jeans are solid. I've heard. I don't have any of their jeans just because buying jeans online is a nightmare. I cannot. That would I would not subject myself to that torture. I did think that the documentary was extremely well done. I was really impressed just by like the number of sources that they had in the documentary. Yes. And how many people who were really close to the company, close like they had plaintiffs from that lawsuit. I mean. They just had a ton of people. I thought it was really, really well done. I was kind of nervous going into it that they would just have like shopper of Abercrombie and Fitch. Right, right. I used to go to the store. And also I have to fucking say the soundtrack or the musicography of it. Chef's motherfucking kiss. Oh, my God. I know. We didn't even talk about the LFO song. But what what an iconic moment. One of the best songs of all time. I mean, it's so good. Yeah. So it really was like and also it was like a very interesting time capsule. And also, I mean, personally for me, because um, all this was happening in 2006, I was in sixth grade, so I wasn't that aware of news. So it was really kind of fascinating to see this brand that for the middle schoolers and the kids it was appealing to didn't realize the wreckage that it was causing and everything like that. Uh, Now I'm sure all, shout out to all the millennials in therapy, you're learning a lot more about how um, things from your past have imprinted your personal view and everything like that. But yeah, there we go. So that um, shout out to Abercrombie for I'm sure getting a lot of people in therapy. For not I know. Ways they think. Oh my gosh. Also, one thing I thought was kind of wild was they showed all these videos and pictures of the campus and it looks the same. Like, I think it looks exactly the same. I was there like, mm-hmm. I mean, a few years ago, but you know, not early 2000s. It hasn't changed and they still, and that is the one thing that has not, their packaging of the campus vibe has not changed at all. They're just like, it's a happy place. We're like, oh my God, we're all friends who happen to work together. They like basically call it, it's like, it's like Central Park. It's like they're, they're like, oh my God. And I'm like, yeah. It was kind of cool. It was tempting. If I, I mean, the last five years made me really against Ohio because of the song of summer in Ohio. Shout out to anybody and all the musical theater listeners. That's funny. But the campus is really nice and rent in Ohio is a lot better than rent over here. So I was tempted. That's true. I know. But I was like, I'm not going to fit in here. But like, I could chase my middle school dream, but like, I'm still not, this is not really. (laughs) <laughs> oh, I because I would be like, okay, I don't belong to Abercrombie Fitch, and I'm like, yeah, picture me working in fashion. Like, yeah. oh, so true. Oh my gosh. I'm like, what's your personal style? Laundry day. I'm like, yeah. that's my vibe. I remember they um they had someone like drive me around, you know, like Ooh. show me around and everything. And I was like, oh, you know, are there any synagogues? And she was like, oh, sure, we've got synagogues, we've got a Scientology church, and I was like. Not the same, thanks. Um, yeah, why in the same breath? Why yeah, the I was same like, uh, I don't, I don't think I'm gonna hack it over here. <laughs> no, I don't think so. But I did. I mean, I do know some people who work there, and they are very happy. So shout out to anybody yes. who works there. Um, and I also, I hope that this kind of brings in a new wave of documentaries that unpacks businesses that were such part of like a cultural 
movements and phenomenons yes. and the problems of them because I feel like there are so many brands off the top of my head that I can think of that deserve well, this treatment. Well, I think we're a couple a couple years away from a Brandy Melville documentary. Oh. Like, I don't know really anything about it because I'm too old at this point, but I know there was a a Business Insider, I think, expose about how essentially they are just Abercrombie again. Like how yeah. they only hire people who are attractive, quote unquote, like white, thin. Also, they're, I think the thing with their clothes is that they don't come in sizes, which is completely like how. It's like not like a thing where it's like um, like a, a robe where it's one size can fit all because it's very like malleable. It's like literally like, a towel top and it's like, no, any of it, like, yeah, just right. try it on and it works. Just a yeah. crop top that's very stretchy depending on your size. Like I don't depending even depending on it. Yeah. What other what other companies should have a documentary about them? I know. Well, that's what I'm curious. I want people to write in on the Facebook group, not on the Ooh, True I love group. That. Any any companies you think or also any companies that you worked at that you're like, it doesn't have to be in the fashion sense. You're like, oh, I cannot fucking wait to expose them. Cause if some people have tea, I'm gonna be I have no, I, I, we don't have connections to a lot of places, but I we're going to be like, no, we're going to get you on the idea, documentary. guys. Give me the tea. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. That's oh so my true. Gosh. Send us the tea, and while you ruminate on that, we're going to finish this all off with a game. Okay. So when I was watching this documentary, it gave me a huge rush of nostalgia, as I'm sure yes. we all experienced the music, <laughs> the fashion, of course. So today, we're going to be playing a little game called Musical Directions. Let's go. So in honor of Abercrombie having to change direction pretty drastically after being found out for the blatantly racist and exclusionary policies, all the bands, all the artists and songs of today's game will have some allusion, some sort of reference to directions in their names, all right? So they can be places, okay. geographical location, modes of transport. They're all about going around, getting about, all right? So that's keep that okay. in your mind. Interesting. Okay. So right. each question is going to have two parts. Fuck. First off, I'm going to give you a sentence that will have a very obscure clue about the band. And you're gonna to try to guess who it is based on the clue. And after <laughs> that, I'm gonna play you a little clip and you will have to complete the lyric. Okay. All right, Danny, you are first up as the okay. leader of our True Crime Championship. My good, because I don't know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Danny, so again, I'm gonna give you a little clue to who this is and you will try to tell me who it is. And then after we'll play the bonus. All right, so here's your clue. This youthful group will be avoiding the highway the whole way there. Why? I want to say, I don't know why, because highway makes me think of Rascal Flats, but I don't think they're youthful. <laughs> and they're oh, avoiding say, the highway. Oh, Go ahead. One Direction? Incorrect, Danny. Oh. Kind of, you were on the right track. The correct answer was Backstreet Boys. Oh! Youthful group avoiding they're highway They're not youthful anymore. It says boys in their name. Come on. Got it. Right. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. <laughs> okay, Danny, oh, here's it's time for your bonus question. I'm going to play you a little clip. This is when it comes out. I was more of an NSYNC guy, but okay. <laughs> I oh, fuck. Now <laughs> I can see. Da, da. Oh, the bridge of the Backstreet Boys song. <laughs> I know the chorus. Tricky. I know the. Okay, you are my thunder. My one. <laughs> Fuck, I don't know that part of the song. All right, well, here's the but answer. But I know what it ends. I Danny, you have started off the Fuck. game with zero points, but okay. If Sarah, uh, if you get instinct, I'll be mad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sarah, this is your clue. Okay. This band will bring some icy, cool vibes to the jungle as they snack on some bananas. Icy, cool vibes to the jungle. What is going on? <laughs> um, 
And they're snacking on bananas. Something about monkeys? The monkeys? That's not a direction. I see cool vibes. I see. You're very close, Sarah. Arctic <laughs> monkeys. That is correct. Well oh! done. It is the Wait, Arctic. But what's directional monkeys. about that? That it's it's a place, you know, the, the Arctic. Oh wow. Okay. <laughs> Jorge's like, shut the Loose fuck theme. up. Sarah. Loose theme we got here. I know, sorry. Thank you for the hint. I won't question you anymore. <laughs> well, I don't want you to score literally zero points this time around. So oh! <laughs> Hey, wow. <laughs> okay. Uh, I see. <laughs> I do not know any Arctic monkey songs. I think there's that one. Whenever whenever I pass a group of four guys walking in Brooklyn, I'm like, oh, it's the Arctic monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> Nine times out of ten, I'm wrong, but one time I'll be right. Yeah. All right, Sarah, here is your clip. Well, that the nights were mainly made for saying things that you can't say tomorrow day. I do know this one song. Like, this is the one song of theirs that I've heard, but I sure don't know the lyrics. <laughs> All right, well, here's no. the answer. Crawling back to you. Crawling back to you. That, Got that it. Was, Ooh, that got was it. what we were I'm going to write for. that song down. That sounds good. It's a good, it's a it's a good song. Arctic Wait, Monkeys are a whole vibe. Pretty good. Crawling back to you, the first thing that comes up is Daltrey. <laughs> <laughs> Throwback. Yeah, they are a vibe. Okay, cool. Okay, Sarah, you are on the board first. So All you right. do have one point. Well done. Okay. Thank you. Danny, back to you. Here is your clue. I will warn you. Just the connection to the theme is very loose. So, always <laughs> trying over here. Here is your clue. This star's music is perfectly in sync as he travels down the river, letting his feelings out. Oh, Justin Timberlake. That is correct, Annie. Well is done. it the lake? Wow. No. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I was. I thought river. Cry me a river. Well, that is. Your song. song. So Fuck. here we go. Oh my God. You know I'm Team Brittany. <laughs> you were my son. You were my son. You were the only one I want to know? No. <laughs> you are the sun. You are the earth. Is it something that ends with worth? Uh, so I'm going to miss there, Danny. I don't know. I don't know. Damn. Sorry, oh. Justin. Not a fan of most of his music. Well, this is a banger, though. You didn't know oh. days I loved you. No. What a dick move having someone look like Britney Spears in that music video. <laughs> and now he's like, oh, I'm sorry. Okay, go fuck yourself. I know. Yeah, no, Justin. Like, you know what you did. It's funny because I think it's a very similar thing that they were sort of examining in the Abercrombie documentary, the whole thing with Justin, which is the times were so different that yeah. you looked at like Britney and Justin and you were like, oh, yeah, what did Britney do? You know, well, you even kind of, with like, Janet Jackson. Yeah, yeah, Janet Jackson, the whole thing as well. Well, he got his documentary treatment, so. Uh-huh. The That's filmmakers true. are coming for us all. That <laughs> <laughs> no, is safe. Okay, Sarah. So Danny has drawn level on points, Sarah. So here is your clue. These UK kids only know one way to go. One direction. That is correct, Sarah. Well done. All right. That's a point for you. And here is your clip. Oh. The story of my life. I cry all night. Right? Wait, no. Yeah. No, not cry all night. That doesn't make sense. Oh, now I'm overthinking it. Ah, do it again. Play it again. <laughs> okay, okay. One more time. One more time. The story of my life, I'll take home. I'm just going to go with, it's like something all night. Keep you warm inside. <laughs> Let's just go with cry all night. I don't care. First instinct. Doesn't sound right, but I'm going with it. Sarah, you are so close. I'm tempted to oh! give you half a point, but here uh, is... But I know the full line! Here is the, story of my the answer. Life, I'll take her home. I'll drive all night. Drive? That makes drive more all sense. Night to keep her warm. Damn it, drive? <laughs> okay, well, at least I know I was hearing the right sounds in my head. You were, and you I, were, and that was incredibly uh, close. So, Sarah, was. I'm going to give you half a point there, Ooh. so... Yeah, 
yes. And it does pay homage to I Drove All Night, a great song. <laughs> Ooh. By Celine Dion. Well, she covered it, but yeah. Ooh, All right, Danny, that? this is back okay. to you. And Sarah has a one and a half point lead. So here okay. we go. Ooh. Directions. Okay, Danny. This Brooklynite's name honors the broad train he'll take all the way to Jamaica. Fuck, I thought it was going to be Halsey. Brooklynite's name, train to Jamaica, a eh? To Jamaica, Queens? Can't give I you don't more hints, but this Brooklynite's name honors the broad train he'll take all the way to Jamaica. Brooklyn to Jamaica? G train? That is incorrect, Danny. The correct Actually, answer Actually, now I'm was thinking there's two possible people ahead of mine. Okay, who is it? Jay-Z. Oh, I was thinking oh. him or I was thinking Easy e because the E goes to Jamaica. But I was like, I think his name is just Eric. Oh, the J train goes to Jamaica, Queens? The oh, J guess the, oh. train famously goes from Broad Street to Jamaica. I was thinking uh, the Z. I think actually the, both of the them. Or the Z, both. They both do. Yep. Uh, yep. There's a Z train? Yes, it's the <laughs> same line. that's why he's called Jay-Z. <laughs> as the J, but I've literally never taken it in my life. No, I've taken the J. I haven't. Okay. I mean, if this is Bonnie and Clyde 03, I know every word to that. But Let's go. <laughs> I went with something a little bit more iconic, but here's your, oh. here's your clip. In New York. I knew it. I can make it anywhere. That is correct. Nice. But my favorite well Jay-Z well line is, uh, the only time we don't speak is during sex in the city. She got carry fever, but soon as the show over, it's so good. So, just to help everybody out. What an icon. <laughs> what an icon. Uh, what's Carrie Fever? I just love the idea, because Sex and the City. I guess. The idea of Beyonce and Jay-Z watching Sex and the City brings me a lot that of joy. That is very funny. So <laughs> well, that is it for today's game. And Sarah, with two and a half points, yeah. you are the winner Ooh. of today's game. Danny, you, you ended up with that. two points. So it was <laughs> right. very close, but that half point <laughs> from the One Direction song carried sarah through the victory yeah that's i mean you know simon cowell would be proud yeah <laughs> he really would be uh well thank you jorge this is a great Absolutely. game Loved it. i know i want this to be a trivia yes <laughs> i know we it was a little complicated a but i think we got there in the end okay we should do weekly trivia somewhere that'd be, fun. That'd be so fun we should let's be. do it yeah I mean, if anybody wants to join us, yeah. uh, let us know. And not in a true crime group, we can get a little trivia group going. Actually, I do get competitive sometimes with trivia, so we can get intense, but I do we'll too. make it, it'll be fun. <laughs> but if you don't want to join us at trivia, join right, us perfect. at Union Hall on June 5th for our live yes! show. Get your tickets, betches.co slash NATC live. Also rate, review, subscribe while you're at it, while you're here. Follow me on Instagram, Sarah Lameem. Follow the pod and not another true crime. Yes, you can follow me at Kashmir Danny, Kashmir with a K, and we'll see you guys next week. Not Another True Crime Podcast is produced by Jorge Morales-Pico and Sean Kilby. Our hosts are Sarah Levine and Danny Murphy. Editing by Jorge Morales-Pico. Social media by Sarah Levine. Be sure to follow at NATC Pod on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And send us your emails to NATC at Betches.com. Betches.